Are there mutants living among us? Aren't all mountains rocky? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hey! Hey! And welcome to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where two paranormal investigators dive into a different case each week and decide by the end of the episode whether it's true or not. You're joined by me, Kit Greer Mulvena, and Rory Powers, who's sitting across from me. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing great. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Uh, we started a little late today because this morning I slept in and missed every single one of my alarms, yeah, of which there were nine. It's 4.30 p.m. Yeah, today, and I'm I've sorry. been up since seven. Uh, I was having some pretty strange dreams, so if anyone out there can kind of interpret dreams and figure out the secret meanings behind them that my brain is subconsciously trying to tell me. Ooh, that would be fantastic. That's a good little uh, paranormal conversation to have. Well, why don't we let them know the content, and then maybe by next week we can hear back on what people think. I was dressed as the Red Power Ranger <laughs> in a bar <laughs> where no one behind the bar would take my order. <laughs> now, that is a Freudian conundrum, Yeah, I I'm not entirely sure what that is. I feel like I'm being ignored. I feel like maybe the child within me is being ignored. Say, maybe that was too easy of a one. Yeah. But because definitely it's it's giving childhood. It's giving... Did I mention the bartender was my mother? <laughs> okay. <laughs> And she wasn't wearing a lot of clothes, if you catch my drift. Oh, Jesus. And they weren't serving beer. They were serving, you guessed it, milk. milk. <laughs> I think uh, I think <laughs> someone at home was just taking detailed notes of the dream, just scribbled them all out and wrote pervert. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah, Freud is now spinning in his grave at what he just heard on the podcast. Uh, no, it was a regular bar where, I yes, I, it, was, it was a costume party. So I was dressed as the Red Power Ranger, and I uh, I ordered drinks, and then they never turned up, and I was trying to complain, and then uh, no one would listen to me. So. That does feel like you go. quite standard issue uh, dream stuff, doesn't it? Like quite low-level stress. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I've had dreams recently where it'll be like, you know, the classics, let's say you're, you, you're in a school exam, you, suddenly you're 16 again, you're in an exam and you realize, uh-oh, you forgot to study for the exam. Right, And you yeah. just kind of endure a low-level stress for eight to nine hours and then wake up again. Or like you're in the middle of exam and you realize, like, you're not wearing any trousers. Right. And the teacher is your mother. Okay. And it's like, what the oh, no, that's, f*** that's going a, that's on a here? Thing. No, that's that not. A you thing, you haven't had that one before? <laughs> I can't say I have, actually. Yeah, all right, okay. Uh, this yeah. week brought to you by BetterHelp. <laughs> brought to you by BetterHelp. <laughs> we are not here to discuss uh, Rory's intimate, private, internal life. Thank God. Thank God. We are here to talk about the paranormal. And we have a brand new case that we're going to dive into today. Rory, are you ready to get into a brand spanking new investigation? I can't wait, Kit. I'm so excited to dive into a new paranormal story. And I know that you spent a long time working on this one, so I'm excited to see what you've got in the bag. I did, I did, and we're going to get right into that after uh, some quick words from today's sponsors. And of course, you can get new episodes of This Paranormal Life ad-free over on patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. What a deal! Link in the description. Alright, motherfuckers, time to wake the fuck up! Whoa! Sorry, I just, I just felt like I wasn't quite bringing the energy enough in the, in the, in the intro there, so... I'm into this. Let's uh, do it. 
So, oh, no, don't like, just scream. We still have to host the podcast, but so, I am so, into it. My tea is very hot. My, my vocal cords have been fried. Um, all right, listen up, f***ers. Let's dive into today's story. We begin on the remote road between the Yorkshire towns of Bridlington and Flixton. Those are the most English names for towns I've ever heard. Bridlington and Flitsworth? Yeah, two miles outside, Piddlesbottom and... <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> You know, people might think we're punching down or it's a low blow to make fun of English town names. I'm pretty sure y'all make fun of names in Ireland every chance you get. Yeah, sure. Bally this, Bally that. Sure, we do have a town called Bally Bally. Uh, Bally Sally, <laughs> Bally Castle. <laughs> but that means something. Bally means... By a river, right? This means place of... Oh, <laughs> right. It's pretty generic. So we get to laugh at Piddling's Bottom, all right? That's the rules. Uh, it's 1960, and a truck is barreling down the road at high speed. The driver was ready to make his last delivery and go home to bed. We've all been there. Work's just finished. You know, you want to get home, get back to your own life. So you do 120 in a 30. It's just faster. <laughs> just, to, just to speed things up. That's when something ahead of him perked him up. He thought he'd been on the back roads alone, but now he could see a set of two piercingly bright red lights in the distance. Hmm. He took his foot off the pedal and squinted his eyes. Hang on. If those were taillights, how were they getting closer? You said he was driving 100 miles per hour. So, physics, that's how I he think? He slammed on the brakes. But the red lights were still approaching, smartass, oh, at an alarming okay. speed. And they, Unnecessary. And they were lurching up and down. That's when he realized... Mm, cars don't have four legs. <laughs> this was no car. This was a giant animal running full speed. This thing jumped and landed square on the bonnet. It was an enormous wolf. The lorry driver couldn't believe his eyes. As if it wasn't bad enough, wolves had been extinct in England for hundreds of years. Wow, is that true? Even now, there's no wolves in England? <laughs> when was the last time you saw a wolf in East London? I don't know. I haven't seen a <laughs> f***ing badger either. That doesn't mean they're extinct. I saw a badger on the way over here. Flat as a f***ing pancake. <laughs> Dead as a donut. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, uh, what, what year did you say this was? Uh, 60s. Wow, that's crazy. I guess the worst that we have is very large foxes. I believe foxes are the biggest mammal, I think. In the UK. Really? I think maybe still around? aside from whatever whales would be knocking about or whatever. And let me tell you why foxes are still around in England, folks. Because they are shagging machines. That's why. Maybe the wolves should have been having as much sex as these foxes are. I'm talking complete shit, by the way. There's, of course, deer. I think I'm thinking of, like, predators. I think it's, like, the largest, like... Predators predator here? We have. In <laughs> England? <laughs> Mother of God! Not sex offenders. Animals. <laughs> no, I meant the alien! <laughs> oh, wait, no. The alien was alien. Predator was the predator. <laughs> yeah, predator was the predator. Who the f*** is predator? What do you mean? I don't understand which which one, because I have never seen the movies. I know what alien looks like. What does predator look like? Who's predator? He's the one with the big, long dreadlocks and a mask, and he's really tall. He looks like a, a bloke. He's like oh, human looking. that is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. He can turn invisible. He hides in the bushes. Yeah. Yes, predator. Yeah. Yeah, you're one ugly motherfucker. For the record, he was also an alien. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. Alien was also a predator, and predator Who's was also an alien. Who is writing these things? For God's sake. 
This this is you, the president of Warner Brothers movies. I don't follow. What are you pitching? Predator. Predator had a So it's an alien. We did that. We did alien. Predator had a bad PR guy. If they were like they were like, "Hey, this is a uh, alien. He's from another planet. This is the craziest thing in the world." And then uh this is Predator. A nasty little piece of work. It's like, I'm also an alien. Can't we just call me an, an alien as well? It's taken. The, ha the Instagram <laughs> handle's taken, so we're going to need a new Instagram handle. I think the aliens were called Xenomorphs. That's true, yeah. Yeah, someone on Reddit was asking what the Predator's name is, and someone else replied, uh, it's ugly, motherfucker. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about it recently. Go watch that. We're not sponsored or anything, but go watch that new Predator movie. Sick. <laughs> was that the one with the alien? <laughs> Stop trying to distract me. Okay, We've got an incredibly important tale, and I feel like you don't care. I feel like you don't care. I do care. You want to sit around here and talk about movies? You're telling me some sort of Granted, night beast. Pretty great movies. Jump jumped onto the front of this man's truck. Yeah, in the story, in people's minds, listening at home right now, the, the wolf has just been standing on the guy's bonnet for the last three minutes while we talked about predators. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Let's get All back right. in the Action! story. <laughs> its eyes were still glowing and it tried to smash through the windscreen. The lorry driver floored it. He could barely see the road, but he swerved around the first corner he could, throwing the beast off into the hedgerows. I really respect that move. I think in this situation, I would go Pac-Man mode, you know, just kind of fold in on myself, cease to exist, out of fright. <laughs> right, uh, maybe but, eat some fruit real quick. <laughs> but, I, but I respect this, I respect this. He responds... Sometimes the best form of defense is assault. Is that what they say? He Definitely not. He drives forwards. Sometimes the best the best mode of defense is striking first while your enemy's asleep. <laughs> is that what they say? <laughs> no. The best form of defense is attack. No. They say the best uh, the uh, best uh, attack is the best form of defense. I'm sure they say that. I don't think so. Maybe in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how they say things in the real world. Yeah, I might have it. 100% backwards, and it was actually defense is the best form of attack. God damn it. Uh, what I'm trying to say they is... They say offense is the best defense. Yeah, am I thinking of... Uh, A prison Mike told me that once <laughs> before he shanked me in the showers. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of... Uh, yeah, he could have said anything. He didn't need to say... <laughs> yeah. he, could... he shouldn't have given me that much time to get away. Because I was slippery, by the way. I think I might be on account of confusing... The the best defense. What do you say? God damn it. <laughs> Let's move on. I think, Let's move on. I think I'm getting conformed with... Uh, conformed? I, I think I'm getting it confused with... Uh, uh, I insist we move on. Uh, copying is the best flattery or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery? <laughs> is that what you're thinking of? Not copying I think is I better, wicked? I better stay to the, I better stay to the script. <laughs> I think you're God having a stroke. God damn it. God f***ing damn it. Someone replace my team with decaf. What is going on here this morning? <laughs> I don't Mamma work mia. so good today. <laughs> I'm just so scared of the wolf in this story. I might need you to read the next bit. He pinned it up the road, but by the time he glanced back, the thing was gone. There was nothing but an empty road behind him. This encounter shook him to his very core. But unfortunately, he's not alone. It turns out that this particular bit of kind of northeast Yorkshire region has been a hotbed of bizarre happenings since records began. Mm. Probably before, too. Obviously, it's not all wolf stuff. 
between you and me. It's not, not all wolf stuff. A lot of wolf stuff. Well, as you said, the further you go back in time, the more wolves were kicking about. <laughs> right, statistically. And I didn't realize what a kind of paranormal creature wolves are. It wasn't just weird in this story that, granted, they hadn't existed for hundreds of years. That's pretty weird. But even when they did live and flourish in Britain, they were heavily associated with the paranormal. Very cool. Wolves were known to dig up bodies from their graves, transforming them into werewolves. These beasts would terrorise locals and livestock in the dead of night. And Rory, you mentioned it before, as a Londoner, you know how disturbing the sound of a fox having sex is. Can you yeah. imagine how scary wolves would be in the middle of the night? But wolves would probably be cooler because it would be like mighty howls. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know what it sounds like when a fox has sex, it's a scream. It's a, it's a high-pitched scream. It's not a very... Uh, cool or paranormal sound. I think it is quite paranormal. It's well, just terrifying. It sounds like a banshee having sex. It shakes me to my core imagining what it would have been like to live in Britain at that time because as we said, there's precisely f all in Britain today that can kill you as a human yeah. like, in terms of other animals. So the idea of you just walking through Camden, drinking a Diet Coke and you just get your life ended by a pack of wolves. It's quite disturbing. I think it's pretty cool. I want to say <laughs> wolves digging up the bones of dead bodies. That's not on the wolves. That's just a dog digging up a bone. That's a normal dog activity. And the wolves performing incantations that turn those bones into a skeleton army of werewolves. That's not on them. It's just a doggy kind of woof woof instinct. <laughs> it's a woof woof instinct. This was, it's hard to paint such a picture here in the podcast, but this was such a regular occurrence that werewolves were actually known by name by the villagers of these kind of towns. All right, well, now you said werewolves. <laughs> have we moved on to werewolves or is are we still talking about wolves? We have moved on to werewolves. I suppose at this point in history, they are inextricable. People kind of believe that probably every wolf almost was a werewolf that they would maybe transform into a human during the day. Right, right. Starting to see why there aren't many wolves around these days. <laughs> <laughs> if people assumed every single one was a paranormal <laughs> beast. Yeah. It just goes to show, even back then, you couldn't turn up to the pub with so much as a 5pm shadow on your face. You'd, you skip shaving for one day. You're looking a little bitey over there, Carl. <laughs> Goodbye. You're done for. I will give you a real example. One werewolf in this area had such bad breath that they called it Old Stinker, which is exactly what the kids called me at school whenever I went back to teach them about podcasting. But it just goes to show how uh, repeatedly they uh, kind of saw these things and knew them uh, as individuals. Yeah. But it's understandable that they did think they were all werewolves because uh, in this area, reported sightings of zombies rising from the dead and wandering the land date back to as far as the year 1100. Oh my God. What I'm trying to say is between uh, the modern sightings and these previous ones and the history of werewolves digging up skeletons for, and this is me extrapolating, for a skeleton army. In addition to these zombie sightings, there's something unusual going on in this part of the world. We're talking about a paranormal hotspot here, where there's a few different paranormal creatures or events taking place. Uh, and we're posed with an interesting question, which is, which trumps which? If you only have time to deal with one, 
do you take on the werewolves or the zombies? Right, right. You know? As I say, if you're just trying to go about Camden uh, and get a snack and you have to... The only way to get there is to uh, take on one of these army, a skeleton army or a wolf army. Which are you going to take on? Yeah. Maybe you could get them to take on each other. Start some rumors, you know, gossip to the wolves about the zombies talking shit about them. And then hopefully they just destroy each other. I think that was the plot of Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Something similar to that. I think an old fashioned prison break movie style approach might work here, to be honest. Just simply cover yourself in hair and pretend to be a wolf. And you might be able to just slip by unnoticed. Maybe okay. if you can't what beat prison, them, join them. What prison break movie have you watched? Dress up like an officer, like a prison officer. All right, you club okay. one over the head, you take their uniform, and then you go, Jerry, good to see you. How's the wife? I'm David. <laughs> so <laughs> You're dripping in police officer blood. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating profusely. Tell me, where do we keep the escape key around here? Nobody calls it that. That's a, such a weird thing to call it. <laughs> we can leave anytime we want. Sure, sure. <laughs> And God knows what was going on in this twisted place all this time ago. God knows our American listeners won't understand because um, as wonderful as their country is, as we know, it only goes back uh, in the modern European settlers sense a couple of hundred years. People settled here 10,000 years ago. This place was dripping in ancient druids and priests and various other characters from World of Warcraft. This is the kind of place where in the middle of the town, there's a 25 foot tall monolith totem pole which people worshipped back in the day yeah um i mean we just recently had the coronation of the new king which if you want to know how old and ridiculous this country is part of that ceremony involved transporting something called the stone of destiny (laughs) from one location to another it really did for the ancient ceremony it's It's a big fucking rock (laughs) <laughs> and it sits next to the king on his throne of gold. It's insane. What, it's, what do they do with the stone, do you know? Uh, no, it, it's one of these stones where it's like, some people say it was present for this battle. Some people say it came from Jerusalem and it was like, I don't know, part of Jesus's f***ing hut. It's just this big old stone that's been in the bottom of a chair for a very long time. <laughs> no way, it's called the Stone of Scone? There's no way. That's another name for it. <laughs> There's so many headlines. They're treating it as if it's a celebrity. It's like, Stone of Destiny travels to London for the coronation. (laughs) Uh, You know, on a recent after party, we were roasting the fact that for the coronation, they're asking people to swear their allegiance to the new king. Sure. And it caused quite an internet kind of backlash. But I did see, it didn't even clock with me at the time, but I did see people on Twitter making fun of it being like, Americans being like, yeah, that's so crazy to like pledge allegiance to something. (laughs) Okay, they think that it's the stone of Jacob detailed in the book of Genesis in the Bible. Apparently, Jacob sat on this rock and God sent him a vision. There is no way in hell that's That's a stone from Jerusalem. Investigate that next week. It really is cool to know that even 2000 years ago when Jesus was kicking about that the British Museum were just there and waiting. Just, just to, <laughs> as soon as Jacob got up, the British Museum were like, yoink. <laughs> just uh, if you look in the background of every piece of <laughs> biblical iconography, there's just an old British man with, with a, a mustache and a monocle rubbing his hands together. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that the British Museum, they're just, they're the like museum equivalent of, you know, those uh, guys who like, 
stand outside events with celebrities like desperately trying to get them to like sign posters and shit so they can sell it on ebay yeah yeah they're like hey jesus hey jesus jesus hey bless this shit right here bless this <laughs> he does it he's like ha suckers yeah yeah can you kiss this rock it's for it's for my son <laughs> yeah if you could make it out to museum yeah that's what we call our kids yeah. back where i'm from <laughs> yeah yeah museum. for my son he's like oh cool what's his name um <laughs> Care of British <laughs> Museum. Artifact 37. Thank you. <laughs> Bro, you absolutely nailed it. There is a litany of insane shit going on here. Uh, this is where we investigated Mother Shipton, that witch that lived in a cave uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and in 1795, a giant meteor fell here and apparently caused all kinds of paranormal goings-ons. Good Lord. We've investigated many paranormal locations on the podcast before so whether it's the bermuda triangle the bridgewater triangle or just the state of west virginia and usually it's some crazy event took place there or there's a burial ground of some description but i promise you that today's reason is quite different hmm. rory how much do you know about ley lines Ooh, a topic that we've covered a lot in this podcast before, kind of by accident, because if you are looking for a location where a paranormal event has taken place, odds are a lot of the time they're where these ley lines are located. Now, you'll have to correct me here, but I believe that these are some sort of lines that run across the earth that, uh, th that is a split between the world of the supernatural and the normal world. Is that correct? No, f it's actually better than what I had written down. <laughs> uh, I was going to say they were noodles. Noodles that kind of, uh, yeah, link the spirit world and our world. Um, you're absolutely bang on. Ley lines are for the uninitiated. They are kind of invisible straight lines that crisscross all over the UK. Well, the world, but we're talking to begin with at least about the UK. They're kind of rivers of energy that connect like an enormous network all over the world. Think of it like a paranormal internet, except instead of websites, there's werewolves. And instead of talking to your friends on Twitter, you're talking to ancient wizards. And instead of browsing the Instagram Explore page, I think we get the analogy. You're looking at 25 foot rocks all day. See, I knew that these lines existed, but I wasn't sure what the origin was before I got into this. What was the point of the lines? But here's how to think about it. There's all these important ancient paranormal places dotted all over the world. Places where, just like let's say volcanoes bubble up from a different layer of the earth into where we live, here the paranormal energy from another world spills over into ours, creating let's say Stonehenge, the Bermuda Triangle, Lourdes or whatever holy site. Mm. Well, it turns out if you plot these locations on a map, they line up with each other. And those lines of energy in between these locations create paranormal phenomena. Just like how if you lived on an earthquake fault line. Right, right, I see. Now some places are far from any lines, but other places have a lot. And even some that cross over. Places with multiple ley lines and crossovers have been long associated with unexplained phenomena. And they can be known as nexus points. This is gonna help the visual. Let me show you a map of the UK's ley lines. Wow, this is fascinating. So this is a map of the UK where essentially we have kind of almost like a, a, a red string board 
where it's <laughs> linking plot to plot and point to point. And there are a lot of strings because these are scattered all the way across the map from down south to up north, from right to left. And the biggest points are all marked with different locations. That seems to be like central hubs of where the ley lines originate from. Exactly. So I think on this map, it's got, as you say, the major locations have names and uh, and symbols here. So we've got Glastonbury and uh, Standing Stone and Anglesey, Longstones in Beckhampton. Uh, but as you can see, along the lines in between all these major locations, we can see plotted are all the minor locations. Yeah. Um, which are seemingly and allegedly proving the existence of these sacred sites and these lines of paranormal phenomena. This is very cool. Very, very cool. I will say there's not necessarily any kind of pattern or structure to this. It is essentially just a, uh, a spider web of red lines jetting off in random directions, linking up to other paranormal sites. But uh, my God, if that's how many ley lines there are in the UK, no wonder we see so much paranormal shit. Yeah, duck guys, you might get caught in the neck with one uh, walking along. Um, and just before we move past this image, this is where we've been talking about so far, point three here in the Yorks area. Got it. But people have made many, many variations of these kinds of maps. Um, Research Ramey even found one map that connects Skellig Michael in Ireland, an island with a 6th century monastery and its own little Bermuda Triangle, to Stella Maris Monastery in Israel. And it goes through allegedly five other ancient monk hangouts uh, in between on that line. And you're telling me that's just a coincidence? I don't know what you're smoking if you think that's a coincidence. You think monks don't know where the other monks are hanging out? You're out of your mind. But it does raise the question, what are the chances that these ancient and significant sites would align perfectly like this? Pretty cool that we're getting to talk about this so soon afterwards. Uh, we just covered um, Hale Fanug, the haunted Welsh farmhouse. One aspect we didn't have time to get into because, as I said, Danny Robbins had 12 episodes and we only had one. Yeah. We only had one. So, you know, we got a lot of f***ing blowback from that episode saying... The accents were shit. Uh, the accents were underbaked. Yeah, the it Welsh was offensive. Yeah. Danny Robbins in 12 episodes. How many times do I need to say that? He had all the time in the world. I didn't listen to it, but he had all the time in the world to perfect his accent. I assume he did all the accents. Yeah. There was so much going on in this case that we didn't even have time to talk about the fact that an ancient Egyptian god was apparently living in the house. We had to like briefly mention it and that he was listening to Darude Sandstorm at night. I think at the end, I dropped in that the uh, husband of the family in question was a witch. <laughs> and I said, we didn't have time to talk about it. Uh, that's when you know uh, a paranormal case is simply stacked. Yeah. But one thing we didn't have time to get into was that there was ley lines on that site. No f***ing shit. Um, both the host, Danny Robbins, and the residents of that cursed property called in dowsers. I think we know what these kind of dowsing rods are, right? These are kind of these... Um, rods that you hold you might have seen them in cartoons people trying to find water with them yeah uh, but, I thought that's what they were only used for is finding water but you, they can be used uh, in the paranormal sense too to, to, to sense for energies for holy water <laughs> for paranormal juice uh, I had no idea so what you just hold them out and f*** 
can ask a question? How does it work? I think the idea is, is I mean, we're going to hear about it here, but you could, for example, if we're looking for a kind of geographical paranormal phenomena, you could wander around a big field. And if you come close to a ley line, the rods might start to, you know, can spin around or, or move. It's kind of annoying it does both of those things because it's like, if you were a paranormal investigator taking them out and it's like, all right, I've got a signal. Follow me, everyone. And you're like running and you're like, it's just over this corner. I think it's, it's a stream. It's another stream. All right, well, fuck. okay. Well, we have to, we'll have to move pretty far away from this stream because this thing mostly picks up water. <laughs> uh, but now and again, it is a ghost. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, we walk somewhere else and you're like, here, buried in the soil. They say, it's an Evian bottle. It's a half-drunk Evian bottle. All right, can we go to a desert or yeah. something and speak to some sort of sand ghost? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, I found some water here, an interesting body of water. Talking to his companions, does anyone know what we're looking at? That's Lake Michigan, sir. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, it's got to be pretty hard to, to not pick up Lake Michigan. <laughs> uh, That's interesting. I didn't know it could do both. Yeah, we actually um, did a giveaway of some dowsing rods uh, on the Patreon raffle. Go check it out, patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Um, but we haven't done a whole episode into that phenomena yet, so that would be cool to do. Yeah, that would be good. So they called in these dowsers to look for ley lines on the property. And supposedly, Hale Fanuc had two intertwining lines. But what's worse, the expert in question, Dickie Dodds, revealed back in the early... <laughs> Great name revealed in the 90s that these ley lines had become corrupted. So much so that they were no longer ley lines, but black streams. Whoa, you're throwing a lot of terms at me today. Allegedly, these are places that lays come into contact with water. Okay, so apparently Whoa. it is a problem. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> the the rods just explode in your hands. <laughs> oh, that's too much. Supposedly, radiation from the Earth passes through this flow and changes its energy. It's most prevalent in places with active underground streams. It turns out, just like the river running through the area we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. And supposedly, there's a, a bunch of different ways that a, a ley line can turn bad, you know, whether it intersects with a burial ground or a polluted body of water. They're already bad. Yeah, if we were having wolves <laughs> yeah. rampaging the area, ravishing people uh, for <laughs> generations, I don't want to know what happens when it becomes a black stream. Yeah, it's like a, a wolf popped out of the ground, sliced a man's throat, and then ate a baby. But that's enough about the good ley lines. Let's talk <laughs> about the evil ones. <laughs> There's no way it gets worse. Even just negativity and bad vibes can turn a ley line black. Wow. Um, if that's the case, I hope there were no ley lines near me during my 2007 Halo 3 phase. There was a lot of negativity being thrown around in those pregame lobbies, and I would hate to think that they would uh, pollute a ley line. Right, so ideally you want these ley lines to be underneath Disneyland. <laughs> It's the happiest place on earth. I don't know. I think a kid got eaten by an alligator at, uh, at Disneyland. So. It was a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> it was the big bad wolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the kids are walking around being like, oh my God, all the costumes look so realistic. Mickey, Minnie, the three little pigs, the big bad wolf. And a guy is just like, security, we got another one. <laughs> yeah, kids, get in the straw house. He huffs and puffs and blows it all down. <laughs> Kids, 
Get the house made of branches or whatever the f There's no way he'll be able to blow that down. I love the idea of just kids being like, look, mommy, like the big bad wolf. And just a Disney employee's eyes just widen as he overhears this. Goofy starts loading a trank dart. You look, run for the hills, kids. I can only hold it off for so long. Yuck. It's like ripping him to shreds. <laughs> Mickey tears his eyes. Goofy, no! <laughs> I f***ing wish I was joking. I wasn't even going to bring it up. Someone claims that there's ley lines that run through Disneyland. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring it up because Amy was like, I, a guy said this. A researcher is like, she's like, I haven't been able to find any proof for this. Any, any documentation whatsoever. <laughs> but hey, is it any coincidence it's the most magical place in the world? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that mansion wasn't supposed to be haunted. <laughs> they just they built just, a house. <laughs> they kind of had to roll with it. It was supposed to be a gift shop. <laughs> then, then the floors just started ri raising and lowering. Right, ghosts popping out of the walls. They're like, can we just make this a ride? Sure, yeah. Now, you might all be sitting at home wondering how you spot a black stream. You know, here on This Part of My Life, we love to give out uh, survival tips, uh, field guides, um, and practical information generally. We're not just, this isn't just some academic circle jerk about ley lines. Um, and we're gonna get into that right after a couple of words from today's sponsors. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode, which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life stories wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. 
We're trying to figure out how to spot these black streams. I mean, it's one thing to just be able to avoid the negativity attached to black streams, but also cool if we are able to also uh, spot ley lines, even if they have turned bad. Yeah, they all sound bad. <laughs> so I think being aware of them, any of them, is a good idea. It's said that cats, owls, snakes, slugs and snails are all attracted to black streams. Um, and that a cat's favorite sleeping place may mark the crossing of two black streams. Hmm. Uh, which makes me wonder, I don't have a cat, but Rory, did, did your cat Ash have any favorite sleeping spots that kind of defied logic? Uh, no. My cat Ash was a chubby little cutie and would usually like to sleep wherever it was close to the radiator. <laughs> Right. Wherever it was coziest and Which snuggliest. Is a kind of a stream, kind of hot water bubbling through the radiator, but it, he might have been more interested in the heat. Yes, yeah. The second place would just be uh, anywhere around my face in the, <laughs> in the morning while I'm sleeping in bed. Yeah, he wasn't... It, it kind of makes sense because I understand that the animals in question here, these are the kinds of animals that people back in medieval times would have been quite suspicious of. Yeah. You know, owls, snakes, slugs, cats. Um, these are associated with witches and things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anyone really believed that Ash had a particular method of communication with the dark forces. I don't think or so. Or the other paranormal realms. He was mostly about snacking and radiators. Yeah, cuddling, uh, chasing leaves in the garden. But if you uh, have a cat, that is a bit more of a little psycho and uh, maybe a black cat and it's got a little glint in its eye and you don't know where it goes at night, maybe check out where it likes to sleep because that could be an intersection of ley lines. The next bit actually worries me quite a bit because apparently insects, parasites, bacteria and viruses thrive on black streams and they say to beware of places with lots of ant and wasp nests. I'm mm. pretty sure I've got a wasp nest at the bottom of the garden. Really? Yeah. Uh, and those are the bad ones, right? That's no honey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, although I did have a rumbly in my tumbly time for something sweet in, this, in the vein of Winnie the Pooh, I just got a trip to A&E. I didn't get a delicious honey sweet snack. Right. I tried to raid the hive and all I found was more wasps. There are also uh, cats that like to come and hang out in your garden as well. So you really might be onto something. Oh, f***. Yeah. Yeah. They love... Uh, and they and they do hang out at the bottom of the garden, right by the shed. Yeah, usually just to take a shit, but also sometimes <laughs> to nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing in here about cat shit, but that would <laughs> if the if if cat shit is a sign of black streams, I might as well demolish my fucking house because the cats are <laughs> shitting everywhere. But I think one of the important bits of the story of ley lines, at least in modern times, is how they have come to be known. You know, at some point, someone needed to figure this out, even if it was a really long time ago. But surprisingly, despite the lines obviously existing for, in theory, thousands of years since these holy sites and ancient rocks were formed, sure, um, it is surprisingly recently that they have been, quote-unquote, rediscovered. The modern theory was officially put forward by a businessman and inventor, Alfred Watkins. Mm. And if you want to know what he uh, also invented... Apparently, a new form of brown loaf. Bread? <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, and get this, light meters for photography. Wow, that's a really, that's... What a range. Yeah, that's quite a range. 
in terms of inventing. Well, you know, once you once you headed out of the park with light meters yeah. and presumably become a billionaire overnight, you know, you're just you're tired of technology and you want to do some baking. So fair play. It was June 1921. The idea had come to him in the form of an epiphany when he was engrossed in a local map. He was studying all the local features. Suddenly, it struck me that a number of these features appeared to form a straight line. When I took a ruler over to my map, it was indeed true. In fact, all across the countryside, churches, standing stones, crossroads and burial mounds, moats and beacon hills, holy wells and old stone crosses fell into perfect alignment. It was a fascinating hypothesis. Now, Alfred Watkins died in 1935, and his life's work was kind of quickly forgotten uh, in light of the looming World War, where it remained buried for nearly 30 years, until an ex-RAF pilot called Tony Wedd wrote a publication in 1962. As a pilot, he had been privy to enough UFO sightings at this point that he had started to notice a pattern and imagine his surprise when he came across the theory of ley lines. He believed that the UFOs that were being sighted were traveling along the ley lines. Wow. He put forward the idea, was it possible the aliens were detecting the paranormal ancient energy of the lines and using it to navigate the earth? This is some sort of supernatural flight path. Supernatural ways app. Damn, this is wild. Now I want to get a big map of the Earth, mark on where we've investigated our cases, and see how many of them cross over on the same lines. Yeah, that would be an interesting map. Uh, we've actually talked before about doing kind of um, merch where we do like a, a world map or some kind of even a map of the UK or US. Yeah. And marking on where all these things take place um, because God knows we need to visit lots of these locations. That could be a cool feature as well. Totally. If there were ley lines. That was really provocative and got the people going. And there quickly came to be hundreds of thousands of ley line believers around the world. So they're associated with every kind of paranormal activity you could think of, especially at the nexus points we talked about earlier, where the effects are heightened because the veil between the magical and real worlds is extremely thin. And, you know, we're focusing on the UK because that's where we're recording and that's where the idea of ley lines was first created. But to be clear, they go all over the world and can be traced all over the world. Um, people have gone to great lengths to connect paranormal locations across the globe. As we said earlier, you know, people have connected, you know, sites in Ireland to ones in Israel with lots of places in Europe between the two. Others connect Stonehenge to the Great Pyramids of Egypt. Yeah. There are so many insane and unbelievably mysterious constructs around the world. Does it make sense to you that these would be connected in some way? I mean, we already know that many of them are being constructed in accordance with astronomy and different beliefs. Is this so much of a stretch to say that they were also uh, constructed in alignment with other things on Earth? Yeah, I, I would need to see a map of these ley lines and the locations that are claimed to be directly along the line. Because it's one thing when we're looking at a, uh, a map of the UK, essentially from space, a satellite view, and saying, look, all of these locations are on the exact same line. And it's like, are they? 
are they, are these, is this geographically accurate? If I zoom in, is it all on a perfectly straight line in <laughs> if, one if, direction? If I drop the little yellow man from Google Street View, he's like, no, don't drop him. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. drop him. I wonder if uh, some of these locations and things have been slightly tweaked on the map to, to more accurately line up to kind of support this theory. But I do like it. I will say I do like it. It is an explanation as to uh, why there are so many of these famous sites across the world where paranormal events have taken place. So it is an interesting theory. Uh, you know, ley lines, it's a bit even tough to just sum it up as like one little subject to be covered in one episode of This Paranormal Life because you know, if, if it's true, it kind of, it's almost like the master theory of all paranormal explanations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a bit of a catch-all where it's like, if is there any unexplained activity here that we don't know what's going on? It's ley lines. That's why. And it's like, yeah. okay, sure, maybe. Uh, but this guy says he saw UFOs and this one w woman was attacked by a wolf. <laughs> yeah, this... so it's like, I know they're both technically paranormal, but like these are very different things taking place. Unless a wolf was piloting that that UFO, this seems like these are unrelated this is you talking to your uh, landlord when your flat collapses. Like, hey, mate, um, going to need a new flat because uh, I'm paying the rent and the flat collapsed. He's like, uh, oh, uh, let me just look up on Google Maps. Oh, ley line. It oh, was you know ley what? Lines. Ley line. Oh, f that's so unlucky, mate. Sorry, man. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, nothing we could do, can we? Um, it's also a little weird that the rods that detect ley lines, which often are just black streams of water, also, just detect regular water. Well, I don't want to get too hung up on the rods. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were a big part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think I think uh, I would say that the guys who first put forward the thing of ley lines, the guys who talked about it, wrote about it, or massively into it, they didn't find out where ley lines were by rods. They they plotted it on maps, traced where they were. Right. You find okay. out where the sites were and trace the lines. Uh, I think that was more of like a. I think there's other paranormal practitioners. Uh, who are doing that using rods. Um, okay. And as I say, I think that is more of like a case for another day, isn't it? Because that's, uh, I think there's a lot to get into there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all look forward to that kit special in uh, three to four weeks. Um, you know, I think it's worth saying that when we look at the possible explanations for what's going on here, that if on the one hand we've got these are paranormal portals to another world and the rock formations are kind of like stargates. That's extremely badass and I really like that. Is there another idea on the slightly more down-to-earth spectrum of just human history for why this might be taking place? And I thought it was fascinating that you look at this guy, Alfred, our inventor friend who brought forward this idea. To be honest, he wasn't that interested in the paranormal side. This was an inventor, a kind of engineer-type archaeologist dude he was more interested in the existence of the lines for themselves. He wasn't so right. interested in what was happening at these lines. What were they creating? He was just like, this is crazy that all these amazing old historical places line up. What's that about? Right, I see. One of his theories was that if we go back 2,000 years, 3,000 years to these ancient civilizations, even in Britain, we had the Romans. They were some of the earliest architects of Britain today. They were the ones who built roads, built buildings. They famously always built in a straight line because if they wanted to get from London to Bristol, 
the fastest way is a straight road. Right. No point in wiggling shit around. Just go the straightest way. Uh, and so Roman roads, uh, we used to live near Roman Road in East London. That's true. It's a big, it's called that because it's a big f***ing straight road right from the center of London, right out to the east of England. Wow, I didn't know that. So he put forward the idea that back then, the most important buildings and artifacts in the country were these holy sites, were churches, were it was believed in many cultures around the world, including China, including places like the UK, that at certain times that spirits could also only travel in a straight line. It was believed that if you, let's say, um, had a body in a church or in some kind of holy place and then you were going to bury it, you had to bury it you know, in a straight line away from uh, the church so that the spirit would be able to find its way to God. Um, oh, you put two and two together here and you suddenly have maybe a reason for why churches have a, a road that's a straight line to the next cool holy rock, which is in a straight line to a town that has a church in it. Oh, I see. Or a I burial see. ground, which is in another straight line. Is it as simple as that? Is it not that there's some kind of like paranormal map covering the world, but back in the day, it was very important to people to have things on this kind of mystical, spiritual straight line. I mean, knowing how dumb and lazy humans are and have been for all existence, I think probably an ancient spirit could come down and be like, you must build your roads in a wiggly pattern. And they'd be like, no, um, it takes a really long time to build the straight ones. So... We're just going to do it that, that way. It's the quickest way to do it, and it gets it done really fast. So that's how we're going to do it. I thought, I thought you were going to say, you know, the angels come down to the body of the recently deceased, and it's like, you must find your way to the Holy Father by following the waypoint set out by the ancestors. I'm probably just going to take a straight line, mate. I can't be bothered with all that. It's up. Heaven's up. I'm just yeah, going to go straight. Yeah. I'm going to go straight. No, no. You will find, you will only find the Dark Lord if you go straight. Yeah, cheers for the advice, mate. I think I'll be able to find it. Yeah. So if we're, if we're, if our two explanations are whether or not the roads were built straight because ancient wizards and aliens and wolves told humans to do it that way, or because humans are lazy and that was the fastest way to do it, I'm probably going to go with option B. <laughs> oh, f I should have told you that. <laughs> I probably should have told you that. Um, conclusions? Uh, look, I think this is, it's, it's a cool thing to be able to talk about ley lines. It's a really fun idea and it's a fun theory. And while maybe there uh, is some truth to it or maybe there is some, some deep lore that is understandable and relatable when we're talking about paranormal cases... It also feels a little bit lazy to just uh, say that, hey, look, I can draw straight lines uh, between some of these places and they link up. And if you ever have a paranormal activity of any kind, uh, that's why it's a ley line. That's why there's ghosts. That's why there's demons. That's why there's fairies and werewolves and leprechauns is because, oh, ley line, ley line. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've investigated enough paranormal cases to know that they're all very different. And uh, the explanations behind them, if any, are always very different and usually pretty specific. So I don't know if I could go on record and say that uh, ley lines are the reason and the explanation behind a lot of paranormal activity. I think it's fair to say, you know, and, and as I said, people like Alfred, other people who were serious researchers about ley lines, who really got into it, wrote about it, thought about it, 
quite a lot of them got um, pretty pissed off from the 60s and 70s onwards when ley lines became popular because they became synonymous with woo-woo and magic and uh, taking acid and listening to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And they were like, this has kind of got away from what it was supposed to be, which was like tracing our history and ancestry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's gotten more into just like, are there ghosts there? Yeah, the inventor that you said originally came up with the idea, he also invented bread. And you, so he's a pretty <laughs> bread and butter guy, actually. <laughs> he invented the best thing since. Uh, so you'd be pretty pissed if, like, on your deathbed, they were like, bro, they're going to make my tombstone look like a slice of f***ing toast. They're going to remember me every time they eat breakfast. Yeah, and then, every time they take a photo. And then all of a sudden, like right before you die, someone's like, but crucially, he also invented ley lines, the the path in which the spirits of the world traverse the earth. And he's like, no, 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 yeah. that was a Brothers, theory. Brothers, lift your Kool-Aid <laughs> and we will go to the great beyond. Don't drink that. Do not drink that. He was like, that was an idea I doodled on a napkin between making bread. Don't make that what I'm remembered for. <laughs> I think it's going to be a no today. Uh, yeah, it's a double no. It's a double no. It really is. I will shout out. There's a there's a f***ing brilliant Guardian article on this. If you want to read a bit more about the history and kind of people looking at it. This was posted back in 2000, in May 2000. On the Guardian, the article's called The Lay of the Land, L-E-Y of nice. the Land. And that's where, you know, we got a couple of quotes from that for this. And uh, it's a really nicely put together kind of summary of, of, of what went on. You know, and they and they end it with um, a nice quote from one of the guys who's like an expert in all of this. And he basically says, you can be sitting around thinking about all the shamanism or whatever and all the paranormal stuff, quote, but for me, it's about getting people off the sofa and into the open air, being excited about our heritage and about climbing to the tops of hills and admiring the view with a sense of adventure and a mystery and imagination. That's pretty cool. And as a paranormal investigator, I couldn't agree f***ing less with that <laughs> because that's all good for you, bud. But yeah. that's why me and Rory stay at home on our in podcaster seats on our fat little asses and we investigate that because we can investigate more paranormal cases per hour than he can doing his nerd little hike through the countryside yeah you know where the paranormal hides in the shadows in the darkness in the late hours of the night you want to go for a nice hike and have a sense of adventure play pokemon go <laughs> You want to investigate the paranormal? Go down into your mother's basement. And log on to 4chan like a real man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And a special thank you, of course, to Amy Grisdale for researching this, to Philip Shacklady for editing. And uh, I'll just check who has uh, sent in this submission. So special thank you to... Um, wow. Wow. No one asked for this. Wow. Yeah. No, no <laughs> one wanted to hear this. That's crazy. We've been doing this for That's, four uh, years, so it's almost... It's so, like, statistically unlikely that no one would ask. Would even lines. ask, yeah. Um, oh, okay, no, f I found a couple. Um, no, well, I, wow, I thought I did find one there, but that's actually... They, they're talking about something else. Uh, they said, could you investigate this UFO case and stop wasting time on stupid cases like ley lines? And you were like, ley lines! Hold on, there's... <laughs> That's a good one. All right, well, one guy's written in here because I just searched ley lines and I just searched ley lines in our inbox and yeah, I've got one here, so actually eat it. Um, oh, f actually, he's talking about 
a guy called Tim Lay. Uh, okay, so that's another SMA. miss. Uh, ah, ah, <laughs> thank you, L. Clark. There you go. We got one in years and years. <laughs> uh, that was a submission from 2017. I hope uh, L. Clark is still listening to the podcast. So, no, special thank you to, to, to you for asking for that. I had an absolute blast uh, uh, reading about that one and presenting it. Wow. So uh, nice to do a kind of paranormal location. Roy, we've had a good spread recently, a good spread of cases to investigate. I'm sure all of our listeners will be frantically going online right now and uh, looking up whether or not their house falls above the ley lines. I actually did. Look, I mean, it seems obvious, doesn't it, that we would, for the podcast, try and find one. I did look up, surprisingly or not surprisingly, I don't think there's much near London, to be honest. I think they might go through or around it, but I don't think there's any... I was kind of... My lazy ass was kind of hoping there would be... Um, just a big rock down in London Bridge or something, and that would yeah. be a nexus point. But um, that doesn't seem to be the case from what I can see. Otherwise, we would have gone to see it. My apartment is just above the laid lines. Because, you know, your, <laughs> your right. boy is seeing yeah. some action. And while there may not be werewolves storm storming about, yeah. there's a couple of cougars for sure. Yeah, the weird thing to brag about, <laughs> that you that you sleep with older women <laughs> in your flat. That's not... It's not great. Much it? older. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, you said a lot of stuff about uh, from... I'm not going to... I don't want to put two and two together, but you said a lot of stuff at the top of this podcast about some well, weird yeah. Freudian <laughs> stuff. So I well, just don't want to... I wouldn't want people to put two and two together here <laughs> when you talk about <laughs> being into much older women. So far be it from me. Far be it from me to make that connection. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that. Laid lines. How long were you thinking of that? This whole podcast? oh, since the start, since the since the beginning, I was trying to find Eyes a way to say that. Over. Yeah, <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, if you cannot wait uh, until next week to get your fix of this paranormal life, I think earlier we mentioned uh, Mother Shipton. That was, I think, an old bonus episode. Yeah, I think that goes back quite a ways. But if you want to hear more about one of these nexus points that we just talked about up in the kind of Yorkshire area. Um, there is a pretty famous paranormal site, um, Mother Shipton's Cave, where this kind of creepy witch lived in a cave and lived a kind of very strange life. Um, I call her Milf Shipton, <laughs> if you catch my drift. She was a... <laughs> yeah, this is bad. She, she, was, a, she was a bad person. She, oh, really? No, I don't remember. Damn it. She might have been fine as hell for all I remember. <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, go for it. But that is available on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, along with like 60 other uh, full length bonus investigations into some of our best cases. And that's not even getting into the probably 50 odd, whatever number we're on now, um, after parties, which are weekly behind the scenes episodes. So there's like like two years worth of bonus content just sitting there ready to be unearthed that's crazy and i mean we could sit here and talk about it kit but i think the best way for people to understand how great this content is is to just play a clip right here on the podcast let's do it yeah, there's or a gals. reason why local sheriffs are often the heroes of of some of our tales because right that's the thing local sheriffs uh, they don't play by all the rules they they know what rules are important and, and what rules aren't an fbi agent you know, his whole life is in order. 
they, they've got he's done the security clearance they know the names of his dogs he's never put a foot out of line in his life he, he gets up and he clean shaves every morning a local sheriff He'll do a bump of coke every now and again. <laughs> Whoa, well, that's sure. a bit much. No, no, no. He, I thought you he meant probably like, drives a stolen car. Definitely not. He definitely probably not. he probably These went are all to a serious crimes. He probably went to a perpetrator's house one time, pistol whipped him, and then <laughs> took his not. car keys and was like, "Let's just say we're squared up for this time. But if you put a foot out of line, you're spending the night in the county jail." And he takes his he takes his Mustang and he drives <laughs> no. off. So two of the three things you mentioned were just stealing cars. It sounds like it sounds like this isn't the therapist who's just committing small crimes. He's a car thief. He smokes He's weed. He <laughs> obeys the local laws, but not the federal ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> And good luck tracking him down, because he's got 19 cars on the on rotation. <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't have a social security number. He is he for sure he's does. barely on the radar. Barely. <laughs> this is a bad sheriff. This is an analog man in a digital age. This is a criminal in the police station. That's what this, it is. <laughs> this is a corrupt cop. <laughs> and all his firearms, not registered. But I, I understand what you mean. We're talking about uh, Hopper from Stranger Things, you know? He's the police yeah. chief, but he fucking... He, he doesn't speak to his ex-wife. He smokes cigarettes for breakfast. He has a pot of cold coffee on his desk. And every day people are saying, Oh, chief, my cat stuck up a tree. And he's like, I'm too big for these silly problems. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's someone that you could... Con- he's one of the people. I'm he's sure a- if, a, if a car turns up now and again and the owner is gets a little pistol whipping, uh, you know, it's just going to happen. That's the price to pay for local law enforcement. Um, you know, we need to bring back that kind of... We don't. Vigilante kind don't. of chaotic... <laughs> That's good stuff. Good times. That is good stuff. That's patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. It's not the only home of this paranormal life. We've got our website. All the links are in the description of this podcast. From our website, you can navigate to anywhere, Patreon, to our social media, um, catch up with everything that's going on in the world of TPL. We're going to be posting video clips from this episode, and you should find videos from others on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Anywhere your eyes can see a moving image. Not the movies, not the cinema script. We're working on it, but we're not there yet. Dreams? We're going to be in your dreams real soon. Rory's mother's going to be in your dreams pretty (laughs) soon. Uh, By the way, he keeps bringing it up. But yeah, one of the other things you can get over on Patreon is a shout out right here on the show at the $20 or higher tier. I say we do a couple. Let's do it. So a special thank you to Zari. Zari's never in a hurry. Oh. Zari's like too cool for school. Sometimes way too cool. Like it's like, Zari, the building's on fire. The alarm is going. You're the last one in there. Hurry. And they're like, Harry. 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 You're like, Zari. They're like, eh, eh. No I kind of do my own thing. Yeah. kind of do my own thing. So, uh, yeah, probably get around to it when I feel like it. And when they do get there three hours late, they're never sorry. Sorry. Uh, give us some tips on being cool like you. Special thank you to Ivan Berkland. Ivan Berkland, get ready to harvest in the burnt land. Because the soil in the paranormal commune is so inhospitable. It's dust. Simply putting a bean or a plant into it, it sets it on fire. <laughs> we're not entirely sure it's why. It's a f***ing tinderbox. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So we're going to need your help, bud. Thanks to the Loveland Frogman. Whoa. One of our moly. In one of our original cases we investigated, maybe number three, four, five. 
as I'm, often as that. I'm pretty sure this is just a screen name. Uh, I'm just going to check out the profile picture. To be sure... Ah, oh, shit. That is the Loveland Frogman, isn't That's it? That's the frog. Yeah, that is the frog. All That's hunched him. over. Um, Jesus. Buddy. Thank you for the support. Buddy. Um, you know, you didn't take that stuff seriously, did you? That stuff where we said you weren't real. I saw they didn't actually give any money but uh, almonds, which is kind of cool. So thank you, for, thank you for those. We'll have them for lunch, I guess. <laughs> uh, thanks, Loveland Frogman. Thanks to Molly Coop. You know how they say you don't want a fox in the chicken coop? Well, you do want a molly in the chicken coop. Because the commune is short she on eggs. She lays eggs. Oh, she lays eggs? <laughs> why would you want her in the chicken coop? So she can get the eggs. Okay. She doesn't lay the eggs, you sick freak. <laughs> I just I didn't know why you would specifically want a person to be crouched down, hanging out in a chicken coop you think if the, we have a shortage of eggs. Sorry, you think the chickens sorry, can bring you the got, eggs themselves? I just got eggs on the mind. They just, we need them so badly, is the thing. Well, you've We just haven't lost had an omelette in years. <laughs> So Molly, hang out in the coop. Let us know when you've got some goodies you want to bring over to the commune. Thanks to Natalie Van Omeren. Natalie Van Omeren, can you make me a Natalie Van Omelette? Oh, nice. We haven't had a we haven't had one of friggin' years <laughs> at this point. And um, I don't know what Molly's doing in there. She's been in there for days. I think she's just eating them as they come out. <laughs> Molly, what the hell are we? Hurry up! Come on! I haven't had an omelette in a, in real life in a really long time, so I'm I'm up for it. So Natalie, I don't know if you're uh, if you're nice with with the with the pan and making yeah. a tortilla. I'd love one, thank you. Please, two, please. Thanks to Kenny Cashman. Kenny doesn't really carry credit cards. He's more of a cash man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he just like even when he tries to buy something online, it doesn't work. He's like trying to slot. $20 bills just into the, lap, the, CD in the drive. laptop fan. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like, Kenny, come on. 21st century, but You need come a on. card. You need a card. And don't worry. If you join the commune, you'll just be a man. There'll be no cash involved when we're done with you. So thank you, Kenny. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out this week and everyone that uh, their shout out is coming in the following weeks. Thank you. So appreciate your support over on patreon.com. Head on over there if you've never checked it out. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode all about ley lines. Um, stay safe out there. If you find a wasp's nest, um, or cat run. shit, yeah. uh, if you know what to do with cats shitting all over your garden, please let me know. DM me, hit me up. Otherwise, we'll be back here on Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale for your entertainment. And before then, over on Patreon. See you later. Bye bye, folks. If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode, which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost Stories wherever you get your podcasts.